0: Jesus Christ came to announce, to proclaim, to preach the good news. And it's the same good news we proclaim today. Look at verse 18. He sent me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release, forgiveness. That's the word. He sent me to proclaim forgiveness. That's why I say last week when I was speaking of redemption, this idea of freedom and release. This is the word forgiveness. He sent me to proclaim forgiveness to the captives because sin captures people. And He came to announce forgiveness and recovery of sight to the blind. And look at the last line, He repeats it, to set free, that's forgiveness again.
1: Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our study of the book of Ephesians. Pastor Scott brings part three of the message titled, The Son Who Redeemed Us. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started.
0: Ephesians chapter one. You know, the Bible is laced with praise and uh, that's only fitting. And you know, this is Palm Sunday. They said, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And I don't know if they even understood for sure what they were saying because the praise of that entry into Jerusalem was so short-lived and that same crowd who was saying, Hosanna, save now, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Quickly, uh, we're saying, crucify him. But regardless, it was a fitting thing to say. And uh, as we come to the Scripture... On every page, it seems, we find praise, and we are people of praise. We sing praises. We rejoice in the Lord, and we should. And this little letter, as I've pointed out, little only in length, this powerful treatise, you might say, on the grace of God begins with a burst of praise. Read with me again verse 3. Blessed be the God... And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed upon us in the Beloved. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. Now, he, he praises God. He praises Father, Son, Spirit. And we're zeroing in on these middle verses of this. I told you the longest sentence. I didn't even read it. It's too long, it seems. You know, it's a run-on. But it goes all the way down through verse 14, longest sentence in the New Testament. But we're zeroing in on this middle section, and we're praising the Son who redeemed us. The choir saying, Come to the cross come to the cross, and you and I can't spend too much time thinking and enjoying and mulling over and meditating on what God accomplished for you and me at the cross. And Last week, verse 7, we saw that we have redemption through His blood. He purchased us out of the slave market of sin. He released us from the bondage of sin redemption and it laces through the scripture but closely tied with this concept of redemption and we just barely touched on it last time because paul in bursting forth with praise i mean he he didn't give you time to absorb you know you have to stop and say no we missed it you know and we barely had time to even talk about the second half of the verse forgiveness of our trespasses According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. The whole of Christianity is about forgiveness. The essence of why Christ came forgiveness. The entire message of Scripture is all about forgiveness. Let me tell you today, I don't know who you are, what you are, as far as the details. You know things that no one else knows except the Lord about your life. But I can tell you, God is a God of forgiveness. And uh, when they were singing, I heard the sweetest words maybe ever uttered, huh? Did you? Father, forgive them, as they sang, come to the cross. We need to come back time and time again to the cross and hear those sweet words, Father, forgive them. That's the kind of God we have. He's a God of forgiveness. And I'm talking about forgiveness with God. Our generation rushes to forgiveness laterally. Uh, In a world, basically, that has not seen the holiness of God, has stepped away from who God really is and has kind of conjured up a God in our minds, why many people, the only kind of forgiveness they think of at all is the need this way. And, of course, we all need forgiveness horizontally, don't we? Every person needs forgiveness. People say, well, my religion is not hurting anyone. Well, how are you doing (laughs) with your religion? We hurt people constantly. We need forgiveness. Every marriage needs forgiveness horizontally. Those closest to us, we need to forgive and we need to be forgiven. And our world pretty much limits thinking about forgiveness that way because we've ruled out God. And sadly, the Christian culture, Most of what you hear about forgiveness is how to forgive or how to accept or how to work it out in your marriage and sermon after sermon, seminar after seminar, deal with the horizontal and we need that. Don't misunderstand me. We're going to get there. Turn over, glance ahead to chapter four, the last verse, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. We'll get there. In Ephesians, the Bible is so powerful and so practical, and Ephesians will help us like nothing else with that horizontal forgiveness. We'll get there. But to rush there is to miss what it's founded on. Look at verse 32. Forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Therefore, verse 1 of chapter 5, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you. Don't get the cart before the horse. And many, even genuine Christians are in churches where time after time and their thinking is Pretty much horizontal, and we're struggling with this horizontal issue of forgiveness, and wondering why we're not seeing more dynamic in our Christian lives. Is because we haven't established the great truth that we are forgiven by God. And so Ephesians doesn't start when he's verse seven. He's not talking about. He's not talking about our uh, forgiveness of one another. As important as that is, he's talking about. God's forgiveness. We've been forgiven our trespasses. Look at it. And you know, the word trespass is one we understand. But literally, uh, it's kind of good to see the word picture of it. It meant a false step. It's a false step. Think about that. I remember when they were putting this auditorium up, and we could stand over in the existing building and see these girders, the big red iron that was going across here and I was watching one day when the iron workers were walking on that stuff and I don't know if I've got any more than normal fear of heights I think you should have fear of height (laughs) I think I've maybe got a little more than normal but I'll tell you what that looked pretty high in the air when they were going to come crashing down and to watch and to think one false step I'd get nervous just watching those guys (laughs) because there's no forgiveness is there when we say that, we understand it. Don't make a false step here. A table saw. You know, you cut and cut and cut and you get pretty used to it. And you... But I know when I first let my son use the table saw, I remembered back to when my dad first let me use the table saw. And I remember just the idea. There's no forgiveness with this thing. One false step and it's over. For your hand or your finger or whatever and so think about it trespasses are serious God is holy and yet no wonder Paul bursts into praise and says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our false steps what we could never do ourselves he did and every man woman and child desperately needs forgiveness I don't know who you are but I know you need forgiveness and God begins talking here about his son by speaking of forgiveness and uh, you know when the fullness of time came you think of God's whole sweep in history and I've been thinking about it I know you have too because this was a historic week and as we see troops you know crossing the Euphrates River, and I thought of how much the Euphrates is in the Bible from page 1 onward. And, you know, when we think of how God is orchestrating things in this world, and He's the God of history, when you step back and think of the whole picture, listen to me when I say, when the fullness of time came, Paul writes in Galatians, God sent His Son, remember? The Word The eternal Word, the Logos, became flesh. When Christ came, turn over there to Luke, chapter 4. When Christ began His mission, it's very significant. Luke tells in chapter 3 of Jesus' baptism that public announcement of who he was, then he gives his genealogy, and then in chapter 4, he goes out into the wilderness, and he is tempted, and then he comes back, and he begins his ministry, and starting at verse 16, he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath, and stood up to read, And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. He took the scroll, and he found Isaiah 61. And he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Think of it, God the Son... Who's just been announced at his baptism by God the Father and physically designated by God the Spirit descending as a dove. He opens a scripture and he turns to Isaiah 61 and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now, don't miss something. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he says to preach the gospel, to proclaim, to proclaim, he repeats it twice as the text does. Jesus Christ came to announce, to proclaim, to preach the good news, and it's the same good news we proclaim today. And something you might miss, look at verse 18. He sent me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release, forgiveness. That's the word. He sent me to proclaim forgiveness. That's why I say last week when I was speaking of redemption, this idea of freedom and release. This is the word forgiveness. He sent me to proclaim forgiveness to the captives because sin captures people. It captures us, doesn't it? And he came to announce forgiveness and recovery of sight to the blind. And look at the last line. He repeats it. To set free, that's forgiveness again. Same word. Jesus Christ came. His mission was to proclaim forgiveness to the poor, to the downtrodden, to the captives. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, and all who were, and all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And I'll just suggest to you, and I've got it on my mind a lot, studying and preparing for the final book of the Bible— that he didn't quote the whole text in Isaiah. He stopped in mid-sentence. He cut it off right in the middle, and he spoke of God's grace and not the day of vengeance that's coming. The book of Isaiah combines both the first coming for forgiveness and the second coming for judgment. But Jesus Christ, when he wrote Isaiah 61, he stopped in mid-sentence here, and he said, today this has been fulfilled. He was there to bring Forgiveness, the one thing that every one of us needs, Jesus Christ provides. And let me underline something. Look back. Well, you can just think back to our text because I want you to stay in Luke. In the Beloved, we've been placed in the Beloved. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. There is forgiveness only in Christ, nowhere else. God is a God of forgiveness, but all His blessings, as we've been seeing, come to us through and in Jesus Christ. And there is forgiveness in no one else. There's no other way. You can't come to God and find forgiveness except you come to God through Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is in Him. Turn a page over to Luke 5. Verse 17, it came about one day that he was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who'd come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. And behold, some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed. You know, I mentioned last week that uh, all the miracles of Jesus, real as they were, and Blessed as they were. I mean, you think about, you know, the fact that He literally didn't just say, I'm going to bring sight to the blind, but He did. He gave sight to the blind. You can take it both ways, as obviously it's meant to be understood. He brought sight to our eyes, but He actually literally healed blind people, and He healed paralyzed people, and He healed people who were bent over like that woman, that poor lady we saw for 18 years, bent double last week. He had her erect. And glorifying God. Every one of his miracles is meant to picture for us the underlying eternal deliverance and forgiveness that God offers in Jesus Christ. And so this guy who was paralyzed, they were trying, his friends were trying to get him to Jesus, but there was too many people. They were trying to bring him in and to set him down in front of him at the end of verse 18, but not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down through the tiles with his stretcher. What a scene. They had those flat roofs, and they were able to take tiles apart and lower him in right on top of where Jesus was teaching. All these religious leaders were crowded around him. And they let him down through the tiles right in the center in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. Wow. Did you ever think of it? He's paralyzed. I personally, that, that hits me when I, when I hear of how quickly someone who's in good health can become paralyzed. And when I've seen it in people I've known. And when we were in Salt Lake, my daughter's working on the rehab floor and the whole floor is filled with people adjusting, dealing with just that. Guy that was skiing is now paralyzed. Guy that was had 180 horses up in Wyoming. That's his whole life, his horses. Horse threw him onto the windshield of his truck. He's paralyzed. And she's dealing with that, and we walked through that floor, and it and it just makes me just, and you know, you know the feeling. This man was paralyzed. But you know, Jesus didn't address that issue immediately, did he? He addressed the real issue of life. My son, your sins are forgiven you. Friend, your sins are forgiven you. He went to the core of the issue. And you know, time after time, I've met people who found Jesus Christ because of a terrible accident or a terrible disease or a terrible other kind of thing that God has allowed in their life, and they have told me, I am so thankful for the tragedy, because without it, I know myself. I would have never come to know Jesus Christ. I wouldn't have slowed down enough, or I was too cocky, or, you know, and I'm sure you know people like that. And it's always a reminder of what really counts. And Jesus said to him, your sins are forgiven you. He went to the core issue. Because, you see, with forgiveness, uh, comes everything else. We have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We're going to get new bodies, and we'll have hundreds of years, thousands, millions of years to enjoy bodies that don't have any frailty, any susceptibility to paralysis or being bent double or blinded eyes or deaf ears or anything else. We're going to have eternity with Him. Because God's blessings are all in Christ, and they all come to everyone in Christ. And we need to remember that. But Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Well, the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Look at verse 21, saying, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know something? Uh, For all their bad thinking... And for all their hypocrisy and for all their problems, the word Pharisee, you know, is kind of proverbial in the Scripture. They're thinking fairly clearly at this point on one point. They're not thinking clearly about who Jesus is. They call him a blasphemer. They're mixing terrible air with some truth. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Oh, that our day would understand that. You can't just forgive each other. You can't just make it okay with the 21st century crowd. God has been offended. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Nobody. That's who. Ultimately. They understood that much. Jesus, aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins have been forgiven you or to say, Rise and walk? But in order that you may know, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise and take up your stretcher and go home. And at once he rose up before them, took up what he'd been lying on and went home glorifying God.
1: You've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Son Who Redeemed Us, a message from our study of the book of Ephesians. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today, or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to abideintheword.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. We have a new app available called the Abide App. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Along with the Sermon Library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app. So if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us in person for our Sunday worship services at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at the church located at the corner of Southwest Murray and Weir Road in Beaverton. You can go to our website at swbible.org for more details. We hope to see you there. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast.
0: Paul proclaimed forgiveness. When he wrote Ephesians, he burst into praise for forgiveness. Did Paul know anything about forgiveness? Oh, yeah. Did you ever think of that? The two leading spokesmen for Jesus Christ were forgiven sinners. And you know something else? Every Christian sermon preached since then has been preached by forgiven sinners we proclaim to our world today not a message of condemnation as if we're better than them we as sinners who've been cleansed by the blood of the lamb we proclaim forgiveness available in jesus christ through his blood we've been washed clean in him we
1: have redemption through his blood Join us again next time as we continue in our study of the book of Ephesians. Pastor Scott will bring part four of the message titled, The Son Who Redeemed Us. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.